Vincent! How are you doing this, Vincent? How are you listening to all these episodes of Off-Screen on Film? This is how I did it, Anton. I never saved anything for the swim back. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Off-Screen on Film. Um, back with my brother Pinchas, and of course, the ever-present alone. Um, okay. We will be discussing today Gattaca, um, a wonderful, 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 I don't know, it's a movie. We'll talk about it, we'll give our thoughts about it. Um, uh, before we start, you know, I, I want to kind of throw this at this wrench in, in the thing already um what genre do you think this movie is can can i go yeah can you go, go first? um i think it's i think i would describe it as dystopian which um if you watched our our or sorry if you listened to our 12 monkeys uh review you may get a bit of a spoiler for what i think of the <laughs> of the movie um but i i would describe it as dystopian science fiction sci-fi dystopian what about you, you don't think so yeah it's a sci-fi movie i you can, re- you can refer to my paper on close encounters of the third kind and what really defines <laughs> true science fiction as kind of reflecting a lens it's not the concept as much as it's the reaction of the characters and the people. So I really think this is like true sci-fi. It, like it's, I think it's sci-fi, but I actually think first and foremost, it's like a thriller in some ways, because I don't think the sci-fi is really what pushes the story at all in any way. You don't like, think it's dystopian at all? And it, I think it's, I mean, it's certainly dystopian in some way, but I, I feel like that's almost like the setup versus like the story. I don't know. It's interesting. I, well, the backdrop I, is dystopian. Correct. That? When I like, okay. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's interesting in that way because, like, the movie sets up the rules of the world, and then I mean, we'll get into all that. I just wanted to throw that off mm-hmm. the top because I thought it was relevant to kind of our overview of the movie. So, the movie 1997 movie Gattaca. Um, it was directed by Andrew Nichols. His name was right. Nickel or Nichols? Andrew Nickel. Nickel. Um, this was his directorial debut. He then later went on to work on The Truman Show, which is his most notable movie afterwards. Um, and then he had another movie that's similar to this called In Time that you might have heard of. It's the Justin Timberlake time currency movie, which, again, an interesting concept, but that movie is not, oh, yeah. not well received from my understanding. Um, this movie has some big names in the cast, especially when you factor in the time. So the leading people are... Ethan Hawke, Jude Law, and Uma Thurman. Those are like the big three. And I mean, they're all pretty like red hot or about to be red hot or just coming off being red hot. So like, it's a pretty big cast um, when you take into context of the years. What's interesting is it's a fairly well-received movie, but um, it was a massive, massive box office failure. I think it cost like 30 million to make and only made 12 million. I looked at its opening weekend the other day and like... It was like the tenth, like highest grossing movie. It's opening weekend or something. Like it was like a disaster, like in the U.S. So this movie was like an epic failure. And in terms of its like current cultural relevance, I think it's kind of considered somewhat of like a cult, like like you know, um, what's the word? You know, like you're oh, like you're in the know if you if you like Gattaca type movie a little bit. I kind of want to discuss why maybe it hasn't 
landed in the cultural relevance. I think it has a lot of the hallmarks, as we've discussed, of a 90s movie. I don't want to get into that because it's a little bit more of of a spoiler, but, you know, similar conversation to 12 Monkeys in some way, because a lot of the things are the same, I think, and and what I think should have made this a bigger movie than it was. So we're going to just start off with a um, a quick trailer review um, instituted by Pinchas. This is the, the trailer that actually brought this idea to the forefront, and then we're going to kind of roll into our spoiler-free review, keep it quick, and then just get right into the, as Alone says, the meaty the meaty spoilers. Um, so, quick trailer review. Pinchas, I'm going to let you start. Yeah, I think one of the reasons this movie was a big flop, even though it had some big actors and people that subsequently made successful movies, and it even had famous people that are maybe less famous now than they were then, like Alan Arkin, Gore Vidal, of all people, having a pretty prominent role. He's a very, very famous, controversial, but famous author and public intellectual in that era so having him in a movie is just very interesting he's actually a good actor um my mom who introduced us indirectly to this movie me and Yisrael I think Yisrael too I would say directly actually kind of saw it in that first blockbuster kind of release of the movie and she remembers thinking oh all these actors that I like that have been in other things are, are in it so it made her want to see it and I'm looking back at why this and I think it's interesting Israel I think this movie has more of a cultural footprint than 12 Monkeys even though 12 Monkeys was a big hit and it's Gattaca, unclear because 12 Monkeys had a TV show fairly recently so yeah. but Gattaca it, is like high school bio teacher is bored I'm putting this yes on, I think in like 2008 of. this was a closer conversation yeah. now I think it's I think it's it's the eugenics comp so the movie outside premise of the movie if you've never heard of it in a world where basically everyone can be genetically engineered to be perfect essentially those who are not are considered second class citizens and um i I don't even want to say anymore that's all i want to say that's all i want to say about the movie and so there's like intrigue based on that concept even though the saying more isn't a spoiler because you find it out quickly, I I think knowing less is more in this movie. But to, to kind of focus on the trailer yeah, for a minute. The, the trailer gets into yeah. that, but you can see why this movie may have flopped. I mean, the trailer is horrible. It's, it's really it, bad. I, I not so, it's, and, it's, and the end of it where it's like the the voice, that voice guy is a legend, of course, but the end where he's like, they're sort of introducing the concept pretty well. Like, you're not wanting to get into the plot of the movie, which I think it's yeah. good that they don't get into the plot of the movie. They just introduce the conceit and the world that the movie takes place in. So I think on that respect, in terms of trailer structure, enticing you to watch it without actually giving away anything that's happening in the movies and showing the dramatic scenes, making it seem cool but not actually ruining anything was done very well. But the voiceover and then at the end where he's just like, how can you stay undetected in a world where you shed 5 billion cells a day? It's just so it's just, stupid. There's something boring. about it that doesn't, it somehow doesn't hit the, so this movie is like a, like I said, more of a thriller. And I feel like this trailer, like somehow, even though it's like a thriller trailer, it somehow still misses the boat for me. I don't know. Maybe it's the voiceover guy, like kind of just talking over it. It just didn't really work for me. It's not a disaster, but I just did not like the trailer. And it doesn't, it kind of also makes the movie seem more sci fi, especially in the beginning of the trailer, when in fact that's really like, and a little bit more action y than it is. Like, it's not any of those things. It's funny because um, Ethan Hawke, I was watching an interview of him and he mentioned how he felt like 
the trailer made it seem more actiony sci-fi and this movie has basically no action in it at all um except for one guy punching another guy in the face essentially there's no action in this movie and like that's why he feels like it bombed he also then went on to say that he thinks this is like um the, his favorite role that he did in like his most underappreciated movie and he thinks this movie has the best line he's ever delivered but then he also said maybe he only feels that way because it's a little bit underappreciated so i'm gonna end off on that but alone what, what are your thoughts on this trailer i th- i thought that maybe i just don't have a refined trailer palette but i thought it was good it definitely makes it seem like um it's a more exciting movie from scene to scene than it actually is in my personal opinion but mm-hmm. overall, I thought it was good, and I thought it was interesting that they didn't spell out Jude Law's name at the end. Was that because he doesn't have any letters in his name that fit into Gattaca, like what they did? Maybe. With... Uh, uh, what was he not? That? What do you know? Before Law? that, that would have spoken to like a mass American uh, audience. You're was saying Calvin why did he deserve? Not before this. Why did he deserve uh, that after, 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 it's after. Interesting. You're saying yeah. why why would he deserve that billing? Meaning I, I think saying? it's just because yeah. this may have been his first big American role or it was supposed to be. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, maybe. No, maybe that, that let's, could be. Yeah. Let's let's pivot right into the quick spoiler free review alone. Give us thumbs up, thumbs down, middle, whatever you got for us. Sure. I'm a little torn on this one. Um so I'm gonna give I'm gonna give thumb to the side. It definitely not a thumbs down. So it's not like I'm leaning towards no, but I want to soften it up. Like I, I, I would, you know, I think it's an, people should, if you have the time and you have access to the movie, give it a watch. But it, for me, it's kind of thumb, thumb in the middle. I, I can't give it a full thumb up, but it's definitely not a thumbs down. Penchus, what about you? Penchus is covered. I broke Penchus. Penchus just started crying his hands. I broke Penchus. I thought that the, that maybe 12 Monkeys wasn't going to be your style of this kind of sort of dystopian uh, genre, but I thought maybe Gattaca would be. Um, uh, thumbs, well, up. thumbs up. I have some some on rewatch. There's some things about the movie I like and some things I don't like, but I, I'm excited to talk about that. It's like a really good movie. So yeah. huge thumbs up. So I, I give this movie a thumbs up too. Pinchas mentioned before, I, I, it's not an off screen. Um, off-screen on film episode unless I mentioned my mother I realized but she very much directly had me watch this movie she was teaching a class on like eugenics um, and or genetics or whatever she was teaching a class on that like a writing class through the lens of that topic and this was like one of the things she assigned so she brought it home for me to watch and I must have been like 12 or 13 something around then and I watched this movie and I liked it quite a bit Watching it now, I think I like different parts of it. I also dislike certain parts of it, but I definitely recommend this movie, and I think it's a shame that uh, more people don't know about it. So um, let's just get into the spoilers. So to avoid spoilers, check out the timestamps in the description below. Um, this is a movie I think you definitely don't want spoiled if you think it's interesting. So definitely check it out before listening to the spoiler. Spoiler mode starts now. So I'm just going to kind of lead the conversation like this what alone what are what are some of your favorite parts of the movie what are some of the parts you didn't like um my i I would say uh ethan hawk is a very compelling lead to me so especially in this movie i didn't know that he said that this was his most under in his from his perspective this is his most underrated role and now that i'm kind of thinking about that there might be some there might be some truth to that he's very good in it so i enjoyed watching him 
in the lead role. It don't get me wrong with the I'm not I'm not saying it's a it's a bad movie. That's why I gave it a, a thumb to the side. I think the the premise is very interesting. I just don't find it to be a very exciting movie. It's not boring, but it doesn't I know what really you mean. the stakes I, to me are not high to I, I right? think there like are certain I, parts of the story, certain tangents, so to speak, that maybe derailed the tense thriller aspect of it. Yeah. And even though I don't dislike them per se, I don't think they aid the movie the best. But so I'll, I'll let you finish your I, point, though. No, I agree with that. And so to me, it just it's it just wasn't. Again, I don't think the stakes were that high. Um, like it didn't. I, I wasn't like enthralled by it. It was like, okay, this guy really wants to, you know, go into outer space. And I'm surprised know, like, about that. I think knowing your 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 yeah. themes, I feel like you'd be you'd be drooling at that. Well, I know I was a little bit where I'm like, well, I. I appreciate yeah, the accomplish your dreams. Anything yeah, is possible. No. Little children, jump off the roof. You will fly. You know. <laughs> you I like... do appreciate the persistence, the stopping at nothing kind of thing. I don't know. It just wasn't. It just wasn't. It's not a very exciting movie to me. It's a, you know, but I, I, I think it's a you know, it's a fine movie. Like I, I don't think it's a bad movie. I just don't okay. think it's a particularly very good movie. The, excuse me. The other thing I liked was uh, I thought the score was is really good. The score is very good in this movie. So, what do you think of the aesthetic an, and like the visual style? So for me, it's uh, I would. Uh, it's almost I, because I I have a bias sort of against again I, and like we said in the in the spoiler free part of this that maybe the backdrop of the movie is dystopian, whereas the actual content of the plot is not necessarily dystopian. So to me, that aesthetic I don't know it doesn't sit well with me. Right? What about like? like like the color, I mean, I, there's that aspect of like the retro futurism, but I also yeah. meant like the the color palette of the movie. I know that's a little bit like um, off screen on cinematography over here, no. but like uh, I'm curious because there's a movie that I'm thinking of that I for some reason can't. Uh, maybe you guys can help me out. I, was it? Oh gosh, I think Tarantino was involved in it. Uh, Planet Terror. <sighs> No, no. Uh, was Robert Rodriguez involved in it also? From Dusk Till Dawn? From Dusk Till Dawn? Not from Dusk Till Dawn. Anyway, I'll, it'll come to me, but... Uh, not Planet uh, Terror? Where, no, uh, not Planet Terror. Has, has a gun leg? <laughs> no, no. It had a... Yeah, I mean, you're talking like the... You mean just like the... I don't know, it was kind like of... sepia filter, specifically. Where the, Mexico, it's like, okay, so... the Mexico filter. Yeah, the Mexico yeah. filter. The sepia filter, especially... The yeah, reason I, I, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. You go ahead. I said the only reason I noted it was because just two days before I was listening to the Roger Deakins, like Team Deakins podcast, and he was making mm-hmm. fun of how in movies when they have flashbacks, they go to sepia filters, and he's like, what they saw differently, like, or yeah. they saw differently back in the time. Now, this movie, they do the sepia throughout. I just was, I was just curious if you guys had well, any thoughts. I only really noticed the sepia that much, like, when there were those scenes where they would be looking, where he would be looking up at the sky or Uma Thurman would be yeah. looking up at the sky. Like then it's very right. Like, unless I'm, you know, I only no, watch a lot of the movies. So I don't inside. think I'm misremembering. A lot of the movies inside and they don't have right. the sepia inside. Right. It's only outside. Do they have the sepia? Um, I thought some of the, I thought some of the, um, this seems to be like a bit of a dystopian hallmark where like things are taking place in a futuristic time but the cars are all from like the yeah, 1950s. Yeah, re- retro, retro like, futurism, it's called. The retro futurism. So I kind of, that to me is a little bit cool, I guess. So if I had to 
say another positive thing. Like I kind of like that, but yeah, you know, was this my... the first time you saw the movie? Have you seen it no, before? No, Pinchas, you had recommended it to me uh, a few years ago, 2016, 2017. T- to be honest, I, I really don't remember what I thought of it then. Uh, is that jogging your memory at all? Did I give any feedback to you as the recommender of the movie? No, no, yeah. I don't. I don't remember. I don't Pinchas, remember any feedback. Pinchas, what do you think of the movie? What do you like? What didn't you like? So I, I I remembered, you know, I didn't remember how the story beats play out. I remembered how similar it is to the Muppets movie. And how the Muppets, <laughs> was this the first movie to really use the drawing lines? I thought the same movie? thing because I, right when I thought that, I was like, this is going to be fodder for your Gattaca Muppets. Wait, movie. I'm missing that. And there's the scene in this movie when, when you find out that Anton, his younger brother, has surpassed him due to his superior genes. Yeah. And they do the classic movie thing oh, of measuring yes, people yeah, on the doorposts. Yeah, yeah. And they do that yeah. in the Muppets movie. And as you right. know, Pinchas has been pitching Muppets Gattaca furiously to Disney Studios. So I really liked how when, as I mentioned before, it's big thumbs up. But the things I like and I don't like, I never noticed these, paid much attention to it before. Uh, and it's not a movie I've seen like a million times. I've seen it a couple of times. The I like how it starts um, in in kind of in media res. You're in the world. You're not given all the backstory. And I think that's actually the strength of the movie. I feel like the way the movie is structured and certain plot threads that are brought up but not elaborated on that much, there may have been, this is all speculation, kind of a push at some point to make it more hard sci-fi that sort of got pushed to the wayside. Because then as soon as Ethan Hawke goes from the present to back to this is how I got here, you may be wondering how I got here, right? Um, it's this corny Wonder Years narration that I hate. I wrote I like that part. I like who, that part. I said, it sounds like Wonder Years narration. It's awful. Um, it's very on the nose and everything he's saying in the narration i find that the audience basically can figure all of this yes, out from I... the opening scene i thought the technical dialogue was very cringy um they gave the role of that scientist like the genetic counselor to an actor named blair underwood who was relatively famous at the time mm-hmm. so that made me that that's one of the things that made me think that they wanted to do more about the eugenics and like she's holding a rosary it made me feel like they wanted to do more about that and i think wisely dropped it they got teen actors that look so much like the adults but the one thing that was confusing is that teenage you may not have realized this do you realize that teenage ethan hawk was not ethan hawk alone did you realize that by teenage you mean yeah i did realize that the the actor yeah Okay, I thought it was very like when they're doing it. like when the they're swimming, doing their first, the their first swim out. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but the teenage Anton doesn't really—he looks more buff and bulky than the adult Anton, which cheapens the surprise a little bit. Um, but thankfully, the rest of the movie makes up for it. I for, you forget this kind of cringe interlude. They probably could have trusted the audience. The same thing in like in the not too distant future. Duh, it's not the present. Like I get it. You know, it's the future. But I think it does help the movie is that once you get past that point, there's only like seventy minutes of movie from when like the actual plot starts. And you know, I love a brisk zippy movie. So the movie itself, in terms of like the plot and the characters, it feels almost like an anthology TV show episode rather than a whole movie, which really is satisfying to me like how quickly they they spend some time establishing the world and then it's like zippy like barely more than an hour like mini series hbo anthology kind of episode and then it's over and i found that really really satisfying and that's the one thing i like about the narration is that 
it pays off so well that end when it comes back to the narration that is so good those last few lines he gives are so mm-hmm. good and it would be weird if he never narrated at all 100%. before i i do think that there were times when the narration was a little bit like i see what's happening on the screen it's not an audiobook you don't need to narrate like when he was talking about like he's like um you what was his name eugene is that what the what Jude Law's second. Yeah, so he's like persona. Eugene would would like give me samples and scrape his hair. It's like I see him doing that. Like we don't need we don't like need that explained. But I really like that that scene where it's like you know where he he's talking about his life and then he's like he's talking about himself and the guy gets like murdered at the at the office and he's like the only problem is I'm not Jerome Morrow and then it flashes back. I really like that. Because the first time you watch this movie, you're kind of like, what the heck is happening? Yeah. And then it explains it, and then it comes back. What's interesting is that the movie is really not about the murder at all. And, like, the reveal of who the murderer is is, like, so underwhelming and, like, second. Like, it's so unimportant to the movie at the end of the day. Like, it's so, like, the whole murder plot aspect is so. Which is which is like, kind of, like. It's a little lame. It's a little bit it's lame. It's a little lame, right? Because they had to use that to sort but, of set the... But that's not really what the movie's about. So that's what's... <laughs> it's it's a little bit lame, but I don't mind it so much. What I do mind are a couple of the best... Like, a couple of the best things in the movie are a little bit, like, tightrope walks with some of the things that are a little bit, like... Like, how's this work? Is this nitpicky? Does this make sense? So... I'm just going to run the things that I really liked. So I like the opening flashback. And like I just mentioned, I like the treadmill, the treadmill scene. That scene is one of the most tense scenes in the movie when he's on the treadmill. And um, the the detective who you later find out is his brother is like there. And like, they're talking about looking for the invalid and he's like listening and like he's running and like, you can tell he's getting nervous. And then like his monitor that he had recorded Jude law stops working. It starts getting his own heart. Like, that part's very tense. I love that scene. I like the scene when Jerome slash Vincent is, like, blind. I thought that was shot really cool. Um, I think it was a little, like, unnecessary, but it was shot pretty cool. Um, I like the, obviously, the swimming scenes are are goaded. I mean, they're goaded. The second swimming scene is goaded. Like, there's no, like, that scene, that's what makes, when I was saying before, like, this movie has all the hallmarks of, like, what makes a great 90s movie, in my opinion. One of the hallmarks of a great late 90s movie, as I pitched on this podcast, is a big twist. This movie, this pot, this this movie has a big twist. It has iconic lines, and it kind of has like a feel-good tone at times. Like at the end of the day, it's like it's kind of downer, but it also is kind of feel-good when it's like so I don't understand why, like, I mean, I never saved anything for the way back. Like, why is that like why is not everyone in the world? knowing that quote it doesn't make sense to me like this twist is very good now at the same time it's it's a little bit hard to swallow the twist because you're like like did he never see like because there's so many scenes the first time you watch it where you think the detective saw vincent's face but you realize like he never actually saw him clearly except in the picture but then and you're like when he screams out vin i know i'm like rambling a little bit like these are like the nitpicks where it's like like is this a good twist? Did they set the twist up well? I, I think they did set, set, set the twist up well, but it, like when he screams Vincent, when the brother screams Vincent and like in that alleyway, is it because he just like figured out that it was Vincent or did he recognize him from the picture? Like it's all a little bit unclear. Cause like if he recognized him from the picture, he could just walk around the office looking for the guy who looks like his brother. <laughs> well, well, I think his instinct was right that it was not his brother that, 
that that killed the mission commander. But that's, that's irrelevant. And so that... he was really looking anywhere else. Mm. But then it started to seem like, well, maybe he does have more to do with this, or he's really getting involved in the investigation. So he was trying to, because he obviously saw the picture of his brother and knew he. But was you think he recognized involved. him right away from the picture? He recognized. He must have recognized the picture of his That's what I thought. brother. I think, but when he saw the person, even though you're right, when you watch it again, it's like in the sixth sense when he realized he, he never, never like interacts with anybody. Really. They were very clever about. Yeah, that. alone. What do you think about that? Uh, I don't understand what Pythagoras just. I explain that again. So, so when he when they're at the club scene and Alan Arkin is like performing police brutality tactics on everybody in the club. Um, yeah. he runs out and he's like, Vincent, right? And this is the first time you that the detective, who we're, we're now realizing is supposed to be Ethan Hawke's brother. You don't right? realize yeah. it yet. You don't, don't realize it. You don't realize it, right. In retrospect, you realize that. So the question is, he didn't see his brother this whole time on the screen as the invalid that was he was looking for. And, like, and also, oh, he didn't, like, there are scenes when they've had, but, like, they've almost it, interacted. I, I think Is it trying... possible that I realized that? I, I don't, I should have jotted it down. But I feel like I... I figured it out before that scene. You're talking about Ethan Hawke. Yeah, like I was like, there's going to be some twist because I was kind of. Well, you've seen the movie before. I have seen the movie. I definitely did not see it coming the first time around. No, No, not at all. The only the only hint that I saw towards it, and I noted it this time, is there's a scene of the cops swimming in like a little lap pool. That's the only reference that I I think. Except and one more and one more, when the guy says. Like, did you cross check the families or whatever? And he's like, Yeah, I took care of that already. Like Yeah, I think he knew that Vincent was the invalid, but he his suspicion was correct ultimately that it he yeah. was not related to the murder. So he was steering the investigation away from him to not implicate his brother. But then when his brother got so close oh, okay. to him, he had to try and like, you know. That's you know, I, I think you're right about that. So So he was trying to protect the he was trying to protect his brother. Right? I, I think like, so. Yes, okay. but he also didn't think he was the murderer. Right. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So, okay. So, did you like the twist alone, or you're well, not sure? I mean, what that he was the brother? Yeah. I don't know why. I'm thinking when I watched it last week, I I wasn't so. I mean, I you're right. I had seen this movie before a few years ago, so maybe it was in my head. I, I don't yeah. remember my first my first watch of it, but I I don't remember being so surprised by it with this I will rewatch. S- I will say the like, reveal scene is a little bit, it's not anticlimactic, but the way that they reveal that it's his brother is that after he's basically, like, been cleared of murder, he then confronts his brother. It's not like his brother, like, arrests in him the for la- In, like, the computer room there. That's yeah, that's about. the first yeah, time yeah, that, yeah. like, that it's revealed. And it's a little, it's not underwhelming, but it's a little bit, like, interesting where it's, like, he didn't need to do that, but I guess he needed to prove something to his brother because he comes at his brother very hot, which I found interesting. He, like... Yeah. He's being very rude to his, like, he's, like, acting like he hates his brother. And, like, in the flashback scenes, we didn't see, like, his, we saw his parents, his father being awful to him. His father's, like, the only way you'll see the inside of a spaceship is by cleaning it. It's, like, dude, what? That was so savage. But didn't, excuse me again, didn't you have the idea in your head that, okay, like, somehow... This is gonna come full circle. The first time I watched it, no, I was like, "Whoa, that's his brother." See, that's it. See, that's the issue because I didn't because I don't love the movie or have a you know a legacy relationship with it like the two of you do. I don't really <laughs> remember. I don't really remember the first time I watched it, so I'm not really sure. I I, I really only remember two or three <laughs> things from this movie. I remember the end. I remember the twist, 
and I remember the swimming like the I never I never saved anything for the swim mat because that's like I didn't remember exactly how it happened or why it happened, yeah. but I'm like I mean that that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so alone alone's yeah. but is it a flaw? But is it a, is it a flaw also that he Which can one? beat it, like that he can beat unless I'm missing something. No, it's not a flaw. No, because the, the point is it was because... all mental there. It wasn't physical. The whole point no, is that no. genes are only so much of the equation, but he does not give in to the fact that his that his life is predetermined. So he's not gonna people yeah, whose he life uses... pre, people whose life is okay. predetermined is they Am I so off base by that comment to think that that's a bit flawed? No, no, there there is a flaw, but it's a different flaw. It's not okay. because he doesn't save anything for the swim back. No, no, but that's not what because, I'm saying. It's because I... he's the older brother. That's why he beats uh... him. He has older brother psychological edge. I, I, and that's I, genetics I mean, but don't overcome. So it's that. No, because the only he's time just... he beat him, Pinnacles, is once he starts stopped leaving things for the way back. Don't you get it? No, it's not a flaw because the whole point is is that I am nitpicking. I'm I'm trying to be a little bit. I know, and I I appreciate (laughs) that, but that's not one of my flaws. I do have flaws in this movie. I think the way the twist is set up is a little bit you could pick at it. I don't think the swim back scene is you could pick at because it's like the entire point is that the predeterminism only goes so far. Okay, fair enough. If someone like it's it's um, you can only go so far. So I I actually really like that point. When he's like, and he's also like, we're almost at the other side. And you're kind of like, is there another side? Like, what does he mean by the other side? Like, yeah. and he just keeps going. That's awesome. But um, like, I'll give you an example of a nitpick that I'm a little bit on, even though it leads to Pinnacles' favorite part in the movie. At the yeah. end, the fact that he's going to the spaceship without Jude Law's piss is just, <laughs> is just so, 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 so irresponsible by him. He's like, I didn't know they would have a piss test. It's like, bro, just bring a bag of piss with you. Now it leads to the best part of the movie when he's like, <laughs> when he brings up like this, he wraps back to him. He's like, let me tell you about my son. And then Pinchas' yeah. favorite line, I'll let you deliver it, Pinchas. Well, righties uh, never hold it with their left, which yeah. can, we pull, can we pull the audience here? I don't think that that's true. <laughs> no, it's it's definitely not true. But I, so, I... <laughs> And then on rewatch, I didn't realize literally the opening scene of the movie is that actor, his name is like Xander something, Being but so I think of him as Mason. He's, so I have a few questions. So he's admiring Ethan Hawke's hog, for lack of a better word, <laughs> while he holds it with his left. <laughs> now, I have a question. Is this doesn't, a he pro- see, doesn't he see the little like the little, the little pea the little pea faucet so, that he has taped to his leg? So, first of all, is that a prosthetic penis, or is he like hollowed out Jude Law? So has he like hollowed out Jude Law? Just that Jude Law's like prosthetic penis? Because he's, he's staring is, right at yeah, him. Yeah. Right? So, second thing is, how is to put a content warning on this episode? How is the urine getting out there? Now, there was a TV show called Playmakers that me and Israel watched mm-hmm. where in, I think, the first episode, an NFL player has to beat a drugs test. So he has to inject someone else's urine into his own bladder, and it's shown as being very painful. But this is just a urine leg bag, very low tech. So does he somehow have, like, a catheterization that he's able to catheterize? Like, That's why I, I, assumed, leg I didn't remember him so staring they... him right on. I thought he was, like, he's in the corner peeing, and he's just able to, like, hold it as yeah. if he's peeing no, he's normally, a, he's but he's in... got a, a tube nice. there. He's admiring like part... Mark's member. Bro, that he's part staring, stick... he's complimenting that part... it. It's like sexual assault. It's crazy. That part did stick out, no pun intended, because he was staring... <laughs> 
because she was staring right at him. I don't know why. I assume prosthetic. Is that the wrong? No, I there's no there's no right. So that's got to be right. But I my point being that at the end of the day, it's like so he doesn't bring the most important day of his life. He's not bringing like every single precaution right. backup measure. Right. Like yeah. he's relying on the kindness of the doctor to be like. By the way, my son's also an invalid, or he's not an invalid, but he's not perfect. Whatever. Like it doesn't even make sense. What were they going to do? Cancel the mission at the last day of the I mission window? I don't know. I have no clue, but why wouldn't you just bring a bag of piss? It's dumb. It does lead to the one of the best lines so, in the movie, though. So, like, but it's dumb. It's dumb. It's it's very dumb. Um, so, Randy's... but you see, is the is the implication that I understand that Xander Berkeley? I don't remember his name in the movie. That Xander Berkeley's son is also an invalid. But did he know the whole time? He knew the whole time is the point. He knew the whole time, right? He knew knew because he said no because righties never hold it with their left. So he knew the first time he saw him. Oh, right. Okay. Um, But he was the one that also took the blood from him when he did that whole sleight of hand kind of. Yeah. Yeah. He pricked me like. Okay. Right. (laughs) If he knew that, he would have. He should have been covering for him the whole time. Yeah. He didn't have any options. Exactly. Exactly. Or maybe he thought that maybe he knew the guy was going to have a game plan because. Trusting the process. He knows he knows he knows how smart Vincent is. We mentioned already if we like the director being the murderer. It's a little bit so it's like he's the only he's the only suspect in the entire movie. They never they never try to initiate another suspect as the murderer. So it's really not about the murder at all. Like the movie's not about the murder at all. The murder is like a MacGuffin, basically. To I was like, just gonna say that. like to, to 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 move the story forward and they wrap it up with the director being that way because he's not gonna live long enough to see well, the, it's uh, also a noir. Well, it's, like been... a, it's like a noir Humphrey Bogart thing where oh, the murder and the crime is not what's relevant at all. Oh, interesting. Like it's almost neglected to like an an obvious extent. We don't even know who this character is. Ethan Hawke's like yeah. one guy who might discover it. He doesn't go into any detail. He's yeah, murdered. you're right. Yeah, you know, and it's this shadowy figure. Do you played even by see Gorgia. him? You just see his bashed in head. Right, he's... the keyboard. Yeah. Um, with the 1990s it... era. Windows keyboard, which so, hasn't what evolved. Was, what was the workaround with the? I maybe I missed this, but and you had mentioned it earlier, Shrawl, about how the, the blindness. Scene, I'm assuming you were talking about the scene where he was crossing the road. Yeah, yeah. With Uma Thurman, and he just couldn't see anything because he took out his contact ch- lenses before. But how would they not have seen that? See, like, how would that not have been noticed by any genetic inspector or whoever they? What that like, he took the not, contacts out. No, how would his eyesight have never been checked, and how would they not have verified that he wasn't wearing contact lenses? Well, is I that... think the idea is that no, the fact that he was walking the walk means like they're only going to do so much. So it's like if you're not wearing, like no one wears glasses, no right. va- no no do... valids wear glasses. Right. So right. like other, you're assumed to have perfect but, but vision. They, but they also they don't even apply it. They say it directly that this is this sort of crime in quotations of invalids. Um, taking on the identity of their whatever what were they called the val- broken ladders or something um, right something the lad- broken borrowed borrowed ladders. borrowed ladders solid term so like it's it's a known it's a known tactic right so they I, whatever I'm I'm just no I hear I hear what you're but... saying I hear what you're saying I my more question more is like so when he gets back from Brack to Earth like. What's his game plan exactly? Is he just like he has enough stuff for two lifetimes? Apparently, is he gonna be bummed that his friend is dead? <laughs> Does he know? Like he doesn't know, right? You got the locket of hair. 
But the locket of hair, what was the point of the locket of hair? Just so you could drop it on the ship to make it like clear that, like, I don't know. But what what why does it signify? Why else would you lie? Uh, why else would Jude Law have stopped him up with all his bodily fluids? Yeah, I think that part was kind of clear. <laughs> why? I, like, what do you think about that? No, I'm saying, I'm saying, I think, I think he'd be he bummed. Before... I think he'd be bummed. He'd be like, "Oh, I'm back from Titan, ready to hang out with my boy Jude Law." Oh, you incinerated yourself. <laughs> I, I thought for sure that he knew because he gave him all the blood and all the all the urine. I want like, That's what I'm getting at. I, I like that dynamic a lot. Those characters actually have interesting things. Where it's interesting that. Because Jerome, the real Jerome slash Eugene, were a failure, essentially, it led to the success of fake Jerome, a.k.a. Vincent. It's like it's like an interesting thing where it's like if he had succeeded and won the gold medal, right, then Vincent would never have had his opportunity in the exact same way. He would never have had that. Maybe he would have found a different person's identity to take. But I just found that 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 parallel interesting, where it's um, his failure is is the key to someone else's success, and at the same time, I, it's the the oh, reason sorry, he's man. depressed is so they don't really explain it like so much. I remember them harping on it more than they actually did, but I thought it was so powerful, honestly, where it was like your whole life you're you're made to be the best and to be perfect and to be unstoppable. And then the thing you love, you finish second place in, you just feel absolutely broken. I, I I thought that was incredible where they don't really harp on it. All they, they just talk about it for like one scene where he's like, I finished second place. And then I stepped in front of a car basically. But like the idea that the way I took it was that like, how could I live knowing that I was basically made for one purpose and I couldn't even accomplish that. That's like, to me, that's Jude Law's character. I, I don't know if either of you got that read. Yeah. When that and it kind of speaks to something you were saying earlier, you know, countering my my nitpick about the swimming um, is like you know genetic, you know physical genetic makeup. I, I guess can only account for so much, right? And and that that failure really just even though you know Jula isn't an invalid, that failure just completely set him back, right? Like it was yeah. uh, he never he never recovered from that, you know, literally, literally right? Like yeah. he threw himself in front of a car. So you know, it, 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 now that we're we're talking now, there's there is an interesting sort of dynamic there in terms of these sort of perfect specimens um, not being able to, or you know, I really only know about him, but that perfect specimen not being able to to handle yeah. failure. Whereas on the other side of that, you know, like not, mentioning, not even Hawk would stop yeah. would stop at nothing, right? Exactly. Now he he would he would never save anything for the way back. Um, not to plug my own my own writing, but I once wrote a story that was kind of Gattaca inspired, but a little bit more negative where it's like, actually like when you go to the doctor to like make your perfect child, you can't make them that perfect unless you're like extraordinary parents and the parents are debating whether they should like, they don't want to like, they don't want to not make him like handsome and tall and all those things. So they're like debating whether they should make him really depressed or really anxious. I don't know. So like when I was watching this movie, I was like, man, this story was way more than like Gattaca than I realized. I just thought that was funny. Um and plugging my own work. Shout out me. Um Pentecost, <laughs> what do you think at the end? I know you mentioned you like that like the final voiceover of being like maybe like going far away from home, you realize like that like the home is your home or whatever he said. Like what do you think of that? I, I thought it was really good. Um yeah the the star line it's kind of corny 
Uh, I thought the opening titles and the end titles were very well done. I like the a good Ecclesiastes Cohelis quote, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I appreciated that very well, very well done for the Rubens. And then the line about how there's thing at home, and then also how we all came from stars. So I'm going back. I thought it was really good. And then Jude Law incinerating himself like an absolute gangster. I Bro. mean. But it's it's so good. It doesn't make that much sense. Also, it kind of makes Ethan Hawke seem so callous where he's just like my depressed roommate who's given me everything. I guess he's just going to kill himself and I'm doing nothing for some reason in this in this advanced future being like a super genius with physical you know energy but you're a paraplegic you're done like you can't we can't overcome this. well no they i think leg, he could have done had, something i think they had leg lengthening surgery okay i guess he just didn't want to i mean help the guy out but yes it it's so yeah. cool i don't know why suicide is not cool but in this movie <laughs> they make it like totally gangster well, 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 <laughs> the lift off of the rocket ship parallel yeah, with the consideration and the just... zoom in i never noticed i mean i've only seen this movie once before but i didn't notice the first time when they zoom in on his swimming medal and it kind of looks like the two brothers swimming did you I notice that? I didn't notice that. The whole it's, thing is like so good. It's, it's like he's going back to the stars. It's a very bittersweet ending because on the one hand, you're kind of like, man, Jude Law is toasty right now. But on the other hand, Ethan Hawke <laughs> is, 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 is in space and you're like, you know yeah, what? Ethan. At that moment, I could have seen Jude Law as Chris in Matchpoint just being an absolute gangster. <laughs> gangster. <Yeah. laughs> Jude Law was excellent in this movie. Excellent. I remember there so? being a couple more scenes so. than him. He's excellent. The part when he like when the cop accosts him, and he's like he and he's We're like Hank. they let... Hank from Breaking Bad accosts him. Yes, exactly. Yeah, he's like he's like um he's like oh they let like a cripple work at Gattaca. And he's like I'm not a cripple. I just have a broken leg. And like his whole thing of just being like just talk the talk and no one will question you kind of plays out. And that kind of um that confidence he's 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 aboting. I think he's very good. I think Ethan Hawke's excellent. I think Ethan Hawke is a very he's not an underrated actor by any means, but I think like I think is the movies he type he kind of is drawn to are generally a little bit more smaller or more artistic. He does a lot of the Richard um the Richard Linklater stuff. I mean he's mm-hmm. kind of like Richard Linklater's muse at this point. Um at least or he was for a while where he's been in like five of his movies or six of his movies Oh, um, lame muse. My muse is Jude Law. Okay, how about how how are you going I, out here with your muse as 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 Ethan Hawke? I'm I mean, kidding. Ethan Hawke is is a, a, is a wonderful actor. So I'm he not. He was gonna kind take... of on. He was kind of hot at that era. He was in so, some movies I like. You in the cannibal found... movie. Uh, yeah, you know what's interesting though with him. One? The one where he's eating his rugby teammates. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. My friend, my the friend, coming to watch yeah. live. In a but, dual uh, die scenario, Ethan Hawke is he's taking your blood, yeah. he's eating you. Ethan he's letting Hawk you doesn't incinerate mess around. Your, he's letting you incinerate him, yourself so you can cover his tracks and live yeah, your life, he's... live your life. He's like a villain, kind of. I I want to know though, um with Ethan Hawke in this movie. There's a scene when Tony Shaloub, shout out Tony Shaloub, who plays like the shady like broker. He like scans his teeth. I'm not now I'm not. Ethan Hawke's an attractive man. I'm not trying to hate. He has he kind of has some janky teeth in this movie yeah. a little bit, and it's like noticeable. But there's just there's a scene when he gets his teeth scanned. So I'm like, yeah, right. I thought they were gonna like make his teeth perfect, like Jude Law, yeah. and they didn't do that. And I was like, <laughs> and I was kind of like, wouldn't an, wouldn't a um a non invalid, whatever, wouldn't a valid, whatever they call them, have like perfect teeth? I was just wondering about that. Um, the part when he gets ripped though, doing like the the encyclopedia hanging crunches, very epic. <laughs> 
Is he shorter in real life than Jude Law? I never would have guessed that. That Jude Law is so tall and that Ethan Hawke is like I don't know, but the shorter than him. thing is great also. Yeah, kind of Jude threw Law, in a little body horror there. Yeah. Jude cool. Law is 5'10. Not 6'1. Ethan Hawke is also 5'10. So wow, they really <laughs> cast they really <laughs> The part where he's like how tall really you and he says 4'11, that was very funny cuz he's in the wheelchair. What was that photo of Jude Law? Was that a real photo? They had him pose to make him look less like himself, or do you think they did a composite? I mean, why was it? Why was it like a black photo? Why did it look like a seventeen hundreds picture? Yeah. Like he, he had the most like gaunt that... cheeks of all time. Did they put him in Photoshop and like change the aspect ratio of the picture to make his face look like he, Ethan Hawke's? He looked like what's his name from Enemy at the Gates. Like he looked like his character from Enemy at the Gates. Uh, <laughs> Vasily. Uh... <laughs> what's what's. <laughs> Very solid. That's movie. like his army idea. <laughs> Very solid movie. Shout out, Enemy of the Gates. It is. Ultimate, ultimate simp in that movie, the other dude. All time simp. Yeah. Is it Joseph Fines? Maybe. Which one is it? Ralph Fiennes? It's a Fines, no? Not, not Ralph. It's not Ralph. Um, is it Ralph or Rafe? Rafe. Rafe, Rafe. Um, yeah. He's an all-time simp in that movie, though, that guy. It is Joseph Fiennes. Joseph uh, on the topic yeah, of yeah. simps, I don't know if this is an exact um, segue, but Uma Thurman, we haven't really talked about her. her the whole romantic thing. Does, okay, I want to ask my biggest question about her, and then we're going to get into like the whole romantic side plot and whether she... I, I think she's fine in the movie, but like whether her character is needed, I don't know. Why does she take his hair? In the beginning of the movie, like why is she suspicious of him enough to take his hair and get it scanned in like in the beginning of the movie? Is it was that she's suspicious of him or that she wants to get I thought she was interested in him from a well, what was that whole Oh like, well okay, so yeah, that okay. I, so that place that she went to was to like yeah. see if people were good matches, but right, I I, yeah. I understood she was doing it to like snoop. That's how I took it. I thought I, she was interested in him as a potential suitor. Yeah, I thought she was interested and wanted to okay. see, like, maybe All she's the... not as perfect as he seems, just like she had a flaw, okay, and they could bond over sense. that. I, and then she was di- that. she was disappointed that he's, he's Jude, Law, Jude Law is as perfect as he yeah. seems. <laughs> but the pro- one of my things issues is, with movie romances in general, um, I don't necessarily love when we're introduced to characters who are in equilibrium, so to speak. They're in the place they've been before the movie started. And then they suddenly fall in love. The movie, from when the movie starts to when he falls in love or gets starts his relationship with Uma Thurman, those characters don't change per se. Like the only thing that changes is that he's leaving to space soon, I guess. So he could be like a little bit more reckless, I guess. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's all it is. But like she's been working with him presumably for a couple of years. All of a sudden they're in a romance. The only thing I could think of is that he lets his guard down because he's leaving to space soon. I don't know if, if you have any thoughts on that. Pinnacles are alone. Well, how do we know when we don't know when she entered the program versus when he entered the, do we, we don't, but it seems like she's been there for a bit because she's like put as the head of like the liaison of the investigation. Essentially. I guess, but yeah, She's been I there for find, more to be than honest, a, maybe I, you're right. I don't know. I didn't find their their relationship so compelling. No, like I didn't think it was I think it was the uh, most boring part of the movie. Yeah, like I, I think it's just a very like 
they had to have some sort of romantic angle. Like it didn't add anything to the it didn't add any depth to the plot. Yeah, what except for her having the heart issue also for him to kind of bounce off of. That's about I it. Guess, I guess, but I didn't I didn't I didn't need we didn't need that to like feel like you know what I mean? Like that he all. had something to prove, like, oh okay, so Uma Thurman has a yeah, heart. I, I agree. Pettis, what do you think? It was fine. Um it all served to be like there's something that I'm leaving behind. I've been so focused on like leaving this this planet. I didn't realize there were people, flawed people that would maybe, you know, be oh, something I, I like be, that read. be interested in me. Uh, so I like that read. I think she's a good actress. I think she's a good screen presence. So even yeah. though she wasn't given that much to work with, um, it was pretty good. I think they there were probably rewrites with what the character was supposed to do because in her first scene with Gore Vidal, she's like, I'm not going to lose my place in line, but then. And Gore Vidal says no, but then later, later on, it's clear that she's not going to space because she yeah, has the she's heart more, issue. She's more of like a person on the ground, like a mission control yeah. kind of person. So it didn't really make sense. Um, it led probably... to their their real life romance as well. Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman who were married for quite a number of years. Uh, they're no longer married, but they had a baby and stuff. Um, I'm embarrassed to say I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I... I, 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 I knew it I... and then I forgot it. And then in the research, I was I was digging it back up. I we mentioned Alan Arkin. I thought he was great in this movie. He's a, it's a little Same. bit odd seeing Alan Arkin in, in like a movie like this, but he was great. I, the Muppets movie parallels continue. I feel yeah, I feel bad because he just died. But like, <laughs> Late, you didn't I like just, it? No, I thought I didn't like it. It's just okay. It's the same when he has these like. These minor but somewhat significant roles, it's always the same thing with him. I, don't know. I know like what Alan you mean. Arkin. He's a little. Bit I like, like Alan Arkin, but like, okay, yes, he did Alan like, Arkin. He was doing it was funny. Right, he's exactly. Like, he's like anything you want, boss. Like, like because he's he's supposed to be an invalid too, right? Like, he's supposed to be like not invalid. I don't think, but I think he's lower on the. Okay, I I, I took it as like he's he like was alive before like valid well, it invalid. My... It was you my know, understanding that the that the invalids only had would ne- an invalid would never be in that kind of position. No, but he's right? old though, so it's different. If he was the way I took it was maybe he was born before that was like possible. That's how I took it. But maybe not. I like. Well, he probably better. was. He probably was judging from the. Well, actually, I don't know, right? Because the the impl- not again. It's not an implication. They say it, but like Ethan Hawke's parents, the parents in the movie had a choice. You're right. Yeah, hundred percent. Right. They they yeah. had a choice at that point. It wasn't like oh, this technology didn't exist. <laughs> right. Yeah. 100% you're right. Uh, we mentioned Tony Shalhoub as kind of this, like, the snaky, like, broker dude. This is, what, a couple years before Monk, so I don't, like, was he was he anything yet? Like, it's very interesting. It's um, we can talk about Andrew Nichols for a minute. Andrew Nichol, rather. This is a very, imp- it's not, like, the best, you know, directorial debut ever. I went, I went to look at some movies to be like, is this the best directorial debut, like, on the map? And it wasn't. There's, like, all sorts of great movies. But, this is very impressive. And then he follows it up with, um, I don't think he directed, but he wrote The Truman Show, um, which is, I mean, a, a great movie in its own right. But then kind of never really did anything else that really caught on the same way. It's it's interesting. I don't know why that is. Um, I want to give Pinchas a couple minutes to talk about Muppets Gattaca, because for all those that you don't, don't know, in our very first episode, Pinchas was pitching Muppets Gattaca. I don't know how it came up. But I think now is the time for a little bit more fleshed out Muppets Gattaca. I didn't give him any time to prepare, so this is going to be off. He's going to be freestyling off the dome right now. Well, I mean, Gattaca, Muppets movie is a little bit of a soft remake of 
of uh, of Gattaca, the Muppets movie is a little bit of a soft remake. Uh, we have the two brothers kind of going at it, um, trying to figure out who they truly who they truly are in this in this world. I said Fozzie Bear is uh, the doctor who says righties don't hold him at their left. Um, who would be the main character? Is that Kermit? Is Kermit going to be the Jerome? And no, uh, I think I think Walter is. Walter. It's got to be Walter. Ah, Jason Walter. Siegel. Ah, we're taking Muppets movie directly. I think one of the Mortimer, whatever those guys are, they sit up in the balcony. Could be yeah. the mission director. One's the mission director. One's Miss the Piggy, guy who gets killed. Miss Pig. Miss Piggy. Obviously, Uma Thurman. Uma who Thurman, in yeah. Cine- <laughs> Jason? Jason Siegel. In Cine- no, 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 Gonzo. Gonzo gets incinerated. Alan Arkin is is Alan Arkin. Which which Muppet has the most impressive hog? That who has to be <laughs> Ethan Hawke's character. Well, that's definitely Jason Siegel then. Yeah. So who incinerate? Oh, you're right. We know that from forgetting Sarah Marshall. So, but I kind of <laughs> kind of want them to, you know, inc- <laughs> who do you want to incinerate themselves? Is Grover? We got a Grover cameo in there. Maybe he can be the detective. It's interesting. You you really didn't put me on the spot. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't give you any time. I just I kind of like that. I like what you gave us now. Um, yeah. I'm going to throw another nitpick at you guys. There's that scene after he confronts his brother and after the epic scene of him beating his brother swimming. We didn't really talk so much about that, but there's this epic scene when he confronts his brother and his brother's like, you don't like deserve to go up into space. You're a liability because you're hard and all this stuff. And he's like, I'm yeah. better. Like I could beat you. And he's like, the only, the only time you ever beat me was like, <laughs> I beat myself. And he's like, show me. And then they go and they swim and he beats his brother again. And then there's a scene where he just wait like, Uma Thurman's sleeping in her car outside and she just wakes up and sees Ethan Hawke sitting on the floor next to her car. Why was she sleeping in her car outside? It's just like, I completely missed that. Uh, I completely missed that. No, you didn't that went over my head. Bells? Okay. No. There, there's a few questions in that scene. First of all, did let's start from the beginning. What, what was that car ride? Before... Like what was the car ride with the brothers to the beach? Like, Hey, how's it been going? How did my parents die? What's up? Uh, <laughs> you watch You watch the, the Knicks game lately. <laughs> what were they talking about? Why did to- have so much animosity for his brother? And I'm talking about Vincent. Vincent like was coming yeah. out as if his brother was like, now they don't show exactly how they grew up, but it didn't seem like they hated each other growing up. Was it, is it, is it really that there's this, that there's a general sort of valid versus invalid uh like does it does it go down to that personal of a level where like maybe you're kind of like they they really think lowly of them I, I i don't know right it's a good question like he really seemed to just have this vitriolic the second his brother him. calls him out yeah. he's like you never loved me and it's like i don't know they there's a scene of them like doing like the solar system together they seem to be chilling right, right. like do, do, do you see anton well, never- get saved do you see him wash up on the shore or did Vincent continue yeah. his single-minded quest to make it to space and let him drown? I don't know if you ever see Anton again. No, don't like, you, how did don't you, you, don't he's you like, how did both you on the it? beach at the end yeah. or no? I don't remember. <laughs> now you're kind of incepting into me this new theory where he gets his brother to die, but... Um... <laughs> he fratricide. He, like, did, like, a family kill-off that he killed I mean, off Jude Law and he goes this into is, space? This is, I'm glad we did this after Match Point. Spoiler <laughs> alerts for Match Point. Skip three seconds ahead. But this is another movie with a double homicide. No, and he goes um, even further. Epilogue, after his this thing launches, <laughs> his heart explodes and he kills everybody. <laughs> and he yeah. kills everybody on board the space. He's responsible for <laughs> Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, man. It's too good. Uh, man, but I, I like this movie. Um, I just think it's like 
it's not that I think this movie's a masterpiece. It's just like a good movie that like I don't understand why when I tell people, have you seen Gattaca? It's like they've never even heard of it. It doesn't that's what doesn't make sense to me. It's like I'm not saying this movie like uh, like I've mentioned other movies that have like surprise twists from the 90s usual suspects. Um uh Green Mile, we mentioned, we mentioned 12 Monkeys, obviously, we mentioned Seven. There's there's other movies like that. Um I'm like Worlds. There's there's a hierarchy to the twists, right? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, but like, like I'm, I'm, but I'm saying like, like, why is this movie not remembered at all? I think it's like a good movie. With I, I know you didn't love the twist, but like, yeah. I think it's a pretty good twist that well, I I don't think is telegraphed at all. You, and like, I don't you know, know, it's funny. I don't really like. I don't think of this as like a twist movie, right? Like the Sixth Sense, obviously, is a twist. Oh, Sixth Sense, twist yeah. Movie. That... You know what I mean, like. Seven is a twist movie, right? I, like I think of this is really a think twist of this movie like, very much, except for the fact that but it, the, the reveal but again, is not as epic as in other movies. The reveal does not feel epic for some reason. But the, it's but the, still like, yeah. oh my god, that's his brother. But like it's so nonchalant and like also like it's really just like shove it in the face of his brother. Also, I want to go back to the father. The father I have to say one more thing about a, the twist. Yeah. I have to say one more thing about the twist. Do it. The twist also doesn't it doesn't add anything to the advancement of the plot really that's Whereas what if i was we think of, yeah if we think of something like six cents you're like okay the whole movie makes sense on a different level now with seven you're like okay like this was all part of a very you know concocted plan whereas with this it's just it's kind of similar to the murder in the movie where it's just kind of there to add another dramatic element like i mean but it doesn't yes am i, I wrong am I, no am I, no i agree with you because it doesn't really because at the end of the day, he didn't need to confront his brother. He could have just went off to space like the next day, essentially, more or less. Except the fact that it leads to the best scene in the movie. And just in a great scene. I can't, I cannot understate and mention how good that scene, and I never saved anything for the swim back is as a line. Like, it's such a good line. It's such like a it's just a good, like, it's just a good line, well delivered at like a pinnacle moment. And that line is just, it's just epic. Like you could use it all the time in different things. You could even slightly misquote it. Just, I never saved anything for the way back and just use it in, in any situation, basically. Um, so that's where my only pushback is. Cause like without that reveal, you don't have that epic, that epic scene afterwards. Yeah. I mean, I, mean <laughs> I, I think it is in a way a masterpiece. I think the last 20 minutes of this movie are like, and almost the last, the entire, the last hour as soon as you get out of narration zone and the plot starts at around the 30 minute mark you have about like i mentioned 70 minutes of movie to me it is like a masterpiece kind of i I really the last 20 minutes is like last of the mohicans i kind of i can compare it to last of the mohicans where the movie as a whole it's like oh yeah it's pretty good there's some issue the last 20 minutes it's so compelling so satisfying so many different like epic things are happening like Maybe it means more to me, like the Gore Vidal thing, but I kind of really liked his subplot and how it sort of gives him a lot of characterization in his last scene. I kind of like that. Um, And then he confronts the brother. Then they go to the beach and they go swimming. And then they Jude Law gets to the thing. Righties don't hold it with their left hand. Launch narration, the excellent like main theme, the departure theme that Michael Nyman did. It's just like so good i really to me it's like masterpiece level like oscar level and i was thinking about what were the oscar winners from that year and i think it's the i think it's and it was a loaded oscar year from what i recall 
I think Titanic beat LA Confidential was a 1997 movie. To me, this is, I guess Titanic is similar. It also has an epic ending to what's sort of a somewhat flawed um, film. I mean, LA Confidential is a great movie, though. It is, but this one is really good. Who won Best Actor that year and Best Supporting Actor? Was it the year that Jack Nicholson and Helen Hunt won, like for the same movie, as good as it gets? Is that possible? That was ninety seven. Um, that that's makes, so... it's possible, but let me just check. Nineteen ninety eight Oscars. Ninety, yeah, the ninety eight Oscars. Um, so Kim Basinger won for supporting actor. Yeah, uh, for another confidential. Hold on, let me just. And Robin this... Williams, best supporting. Why it is. Make... It's Jack Nicholson and Helen Hunt. Yeah, that's like such a lame combo. I mean, you could have given that to Ethan Hawke. He was really compelling, even though his his character doesn't change really at all. I haven't seen really... these movies. I haven't seen Robert Duvall and the Apostle. I haven't seen Yuli's Gold by Peter Fund. I haven't seen Wag the Dog with Dustin Hoffman. But he was good in that. Um, I want to see actually best supporting actor because I want to. Have... So Robin Thomas Williams Stodd. won that. Uh, no, it's hard. Give Jude Law that nom though. Give him a nom. Pretty stacked category, actually. Um, it's very Robert stacked. Reynolds, Robin Robert Forster, Robert Forster. Yeah, it's, it's tough Anthony category. Hopkins and Amistad. I, I'll say this. I've never seen Amistad, but I feel like Anthony Hopkins is just a guy who gets nominations whenever he's in a movie. I'm just going to throw that out there. It may be a little yeah. bit unbased, but it, I th- he's like he's not Meryl Streep, but he's in that Meryl Streep area where it's just like, oh, they're in a movie, they get a nomination. We, um, we, had, yeah, we had this discussion like, 1997 might be the best year of movies of mainstream movies ever, possibly, or at least it's a, a very, it's a very, very strong movie. Gattaca is definitely in my top five. I, I, I love a zippy movie. I love how zippy it is. And I love how many <laughs> epic things happen at the end leaves you with such, a, it reminds me of a Ray Bradbury, like short story or novel where it's sci-fi, but it's not like that hard sci-fi that explains every little thing. It more just yeah. drops you in the world and little things are happening off to the side that enrich the world. Yeah. And I think it was almost accidental in this movie. There's hints that they wanted to do like more kind of tedious world building, but it makes it more compelling that almost all of the plot points, like Alone was saying, are like pointless in a way. <laughs> like almost all the things that drive the plot are pointless. At the end of the day, he gets on the, at the beginning of the movie, he's like, I'm about to go on my mission to space. Nothing really ever threatens him going on the mission and he just goes. <laughs> and all this crazy stuff happened in between. So. I'm a, yeah, I'm a big fan. It's interesting because, like, what's his character arc in this movie? Does he? He, is, he doesn't have one. Does he he's not Rudy. have one? He's no, Rudy. I think I think he does at the end because at the end he says maybe coming back home because there's like there are other people. Like, I I always wanted to spend so much time getting far away from where I was from, but now I realize I might want to yeah. be closer. Maybe is some of the growth. I'm not sure how he comes to that conclusion. I guess that's why Uma Thurman's there. Um, right. I would have liked a little bit more, maybe another scene with Jude Law and Ethan Hawke. The yeah. scene when Jude Law like, crawls up the stairs, that scene's epic. When he's The like, double helix. The helical yeah. staircase. Yes, yeah. yes. Epic. Um, nice touch. Nice yeah. touch from Anything else from you guys want to add about this from movie? the set design department. <laughs> Anything uh, you want to add about this movie before we move on to if you liked Gattaca? Uh, check I, out. I, 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 I see. I, yeah. I see the score wasn't nominated, which I think is... Looking at the other nominees here, I think that's a bit of a that's a mistake. So that's you like the score a lot in this movie? Yes, it's a very good score, and like I know all these other ones except for this Kundun from Philip Glass. I don't, I don't know this movie. Pinchas, you know it? This role? No, no. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but the other one, okay, so Titanic one, James Horner. Then you have Amistad, John Williams, Goodwill Hunting, Danny Elfman, which is excellent. 
Pundoon, Philip Glass, and then LA Confidential from Jerry Goldsmith. They, they could easily take the. Uh, it could easily take the place of LA Confidential. The other ones are. I don't. Yeah, I don't know this Kundun one, but the other ones are good. Anyway, that's my. That's my final thought. Tell us what you you were gearing up to say something. Let's yeah, hear it. a few thoughts. I mean, I, I mentioned I wrote down a few things because this movie had a lot of I think a lot of things going on. Uh, the keyboard is the same as the 1990s and today, so maybe the staying power of the QWERTY kind of. Uh, Windows kind of keyboard. Just interesting that they're using that in the future. Um, what qualifies as not too distant? Is like a hundred years in the future? Twenty, fifty? Not sure. Um, I talked about how much I don't like the uh, the the narration. Um, the older brother writes. Oh, okay. I have to do a little cardiology interlude here uh, because cardiac disease plays a central role in the plot and some of it is a little problematic. So he mentions I'm about 10,000 beats overdue. I'm supposed to, my heart was supposed to stop beating at X time and I'm about 10,000 beats overdue. Um, That's about three hours of heartbeats. You have your heartbeats, let's say 60 times a minute. So in a hundred minutes, that's 6,000. It's like two and a half. And he's a well-conditioned athlete. Like, so three hours, is this supposed to be the day he was supposed to die? Is he literally like any minute now he's going to die and his heart will explode on the spaceship? Oh my God. Next thing, life expectancy of 30 years from heart disease. So what exactly was his heart disease? It presumably wasn't like a congenital heart disease, meaning a heart disease someone is born with because then they would just diagnose that in infancy and treat him. Was he? Did they know he would have some sort of fatal arrhythmia? We have like icds like pacemakers icds that can protect you for that they don't have medical treatments for heart disease they're just going to let him die at age 30 from heart disease like it's really or and they don't have an echocardiogram that's like the fundamental test it's an ultrasound of your heart they, they don't have that it would be a little hard to fake that that would be pretty standard to like do that probably as part of they don't have cardiac mri they have no they what exactly is wrong with his heart they have no interest in diagnosing him or uma thurman's heart condition and we have a lot of treatment even in this not in this not too distant present for heart disease and also heart disease a lot of it is like based on modifiable factors like smoking and what you eat and not being like a well-conditioned athlete like he is it doesn't make any uh, sense really but whatever we should we should probably mention that Pinchas is a doctor yeah yeah <laughs> throw that out there Pinchas is in fact a cardiologist this isn't just like he's not just making coming out of nowhere <laughs> right I just didn't understand what heart disease would kill someone at 30 and they will make no attempt or has modern medicine gone by the wayside because they've built all of these it's not even modern medicine it's like if you think he's gonna have an arrhythmia give him a defibrillator now some of these things should disqualify you <laughs> from piloting a one-year space trip but yeah. he seems to be pretty healthy so I don't understand what this lethal heart disease that he has is um the cronenberg 12 finger pianist what did you guys think about that that was like one of those touches that i like it was nice it kind of was a little bit like i, I think the point was being that like because in the beginning they mentioned all they would look at was 10 toes 10 fingers and 10 toes and then it's like actually it's a feature not a bug i guess was supposed to be the idea of that character um it didn't necessarily fit the movie though, tone wise, but I, I liked it. Yeah, I kind of that was one of the things I liked, where it's like I felt like they were trying. They that was a segue into a larger thing, but maybe not. Did you picture him saying "unclean" when he's rubbing himself with the rock? Unclean. What? Well, yeah. Unclean. What's that from? Is that from the league? It's for the league. I think the guy Ruxin used to say "unclean" like forever. Unclean. unclean. When he's on the beach scraping himself off with the rock. Why? Why is Jude Law's life so sad? 
he's in a wheelchair. He should be able to have a decent quality of life. I explained they, they have limb they have, have, they have limb lengthening, but can't do any spine repair. I think repair they could have. Custom. He wanted to die. <laughs> he has no family or friends. Okay, maybe. Um, this is also weird. Apparently, the does anyone know the last name of the, of Vincent's character? What it is? Apparently, it's Freeman. Okay. And so the dad's name is Antonio Freeman, as in the nineteen nine, as in the Green Bay Packers wide receiver who, in nineteen ninety seven, uh, scored the longest touchdown at the time in Super Bowl history. I tried to look up if anyone was a Packers fan that made this movie, but it's just a weird coincidence that their name is Antonio Freeman. <laughs> Monk, Kank from Breaking Bad, Mason, lots of small roles from good actors. Apparently, Greg Sestero from The Room had a small role who was played by Dave Franco in the disaster artist. I'm mm. trying to tie all of our episodes together. If you can't tell. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the epilogue Vincent's heart explodes in the spaceship and kills everyone on board and wasted trillions of dollars. So <laughs> I love that. Notes. So if you liked Gattaca, what should, what should you check out along? It's a, a pretty lame pick. I think for me, the Island with Scarlett Johansson, and uh okay. and Ewan McGregor. Uh I, I have to be honest, I haven't seen it in a while. Um and I don't love the movie. Um I think it came out in like 2005, 2006, something like that. Um, but it, it's also a bit dystopian, somewhat of a related topic, not really, but more involving cloning, if if I remember correctly, but the tone is very similar. Um, the backdrop is very similar. That's my that's my sort of obvious pick, and I couldn't really come up with a with an with an out of the box one. Um, again, it's it's not really my it's it's not really my genre, so it's it's hard for me to like really sink my teeth into. Oh, you know, if you like this, yeah. you gotta check this out. You know what I mean? But the island, I think, is if you like this one, you would you would like the island. Have I'm you seen it? it? Have you have you? I've seen, seen part. I've seen the beginning of Never. it. Just like the lottery part. And oh, yeah. then when one of the characters escapes, I think, but a spoiler yeah, alert, I don't yeah. know. No, um, it's, it's, it's you, you, maybe you two should, yeah, you guys should watch it. If you like this movie, which you both do, you should watch. Pentecost, watch um, what, what do you like? <laughs> well, if, if you, you haven't seen this. the Mupp, if you haven't seen the Muppets movie, check it out and then check out our initial episode. <laughs> oh, I like that uh, plug. But, but yeah, the, okay. the one I could think of, I really racked my brain because as I mentioned, I think I'm the one who liked this movie the most probably of, of the three of us and not to get into a, a measuring contest over over who loves this movie the most uh my left foot the daniel day lewis movie kind of about disability overcoming society's imposed limitations that's a, um i kind of that's a good pick that's, that's that made me remind yeah. it's a good movie i don't usually love movies about handicapped people and i can, but this movie was really good there's one incredibly epic scene in the movie that <laughs> the, the dinner this, scene yeah the dinner scene <laughs> <laughs> is it on our list we should put it on our list i don't know if i could rewatch that movie i don't i don't i don't dislike Why? that movie i just don't i don't it's it's oh, all you right. don't like it really all right okay. it's good like it's good it's not we could talk about it okay well we'll take it offline um i actually just came up with one now i had i was leading into this i didn't really have one and the past couple of days i watched a lot of movies and i was kind of thinking how i was going to try to tie in three days of the condor with this movie as like a workplace murder movie. That's where I was going to go with it. Cause I just had watched that movie and I think it's a good movie to check out. It's kind of a thriller, more of an espionage tone, but then talking about this conversation just reminded me of this trashola Ben Affleck, Uma Thurman movie called paycheck. Have you ever heard of this? Oh movie? yeah. Yeah. I've seen it. Yeah, sure. It's, it's decent. 
it, it, it it's very weird. For some reason now, I want to recommend that movie for this, just because like it's got like a weird sci-fi, like lovers on the run vibe to it, and the kind of the island talk kind of made me think of it. Um, some, yeah. That being said, Three Days of the Condor actually a good movie, Robert Redford movie. Um, that's that's a good movie. I recommend that. It's on streaming. It's on Prime right now. Um, you know, before we wrap up, have you guys seen anything interesting recently? I know, I know, me and Alone have been talking about Vicky Cristina Barcelona in the group chat nonstop, and I, I, I know you've been too busy to to join in on that that titillating conversation. But um, have you watched anything else just recently that's interesting? Uh, I love Martin Short. Uh, I watch with my wife Sivan. We watch uh, Only Murders in the Building. Really good. If you're a Martin Short fan, um, he's the side character in a lot of Steve Martin movies. If you don't Drunk. remember who he is, Canadian icon. Yes. Um, so I, I played ping pong with him once. Whoa! Wow. Fun fact. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. I played Smack ping pong around. I played ping pong with him. At Did you have a Sherry... Scarlett Johansson type moment with him, uh, <laughs> like in Match Point? <laughs> I'm actually very embarrassed to say I was a lot younger, so. I actually, um, it was a charity <laughs> ping pong event. So it was, I played ping pong with him and with Billy Baldwin. And yeah, and I was younger, so I wasn't, I didn't have as much tact <laughs> as I do now. And I asked, I asked Martin Short to do the Franck voice from, <laughs> from Father uh, of the Bride, from, from Father, Father of the Bride. <laughs> and, and he rejected me like very flat out, <laughs> which in hindsight, I'm, you know, let, let, let's get some context not my finest move. This is a, yeah. let's get some context here. Um, I think I was in high school, okay. so I, 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 so I was, yeah, I was get a like, pass. Yeah, yeah. I I'm sorry, guy who dressed up in a fat suit for a fake late night TV show for like three yeah. years that this was oh. too much. <laughs> yeah, he was. He seemed. Yeah, I don't know. He just like, and I get it. I wouldn't if today. I would never have asked something like that, but. I figured I'd give it a try. Who else was in that thing? John Sally was one of the pink was one of the teammates, the basketball player. John Sally uh, played ping pong. Yeah, He's yeah like seven feet tall. John Sally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. So uh, yeah, who I'm else trying to think there? what I. I mean, well, I watched a lot over this weekend. Since... And John Sally co-starred in a movie we've discussed indirectly on the podcast. Bad Boys. He's the nerdy computer hacker in Bad uh, Boys. I don't one. Even remember that? Yeah. John Sally's in Bad Boys. He was playing for the Heat at the time, I believe. Interesting. I like I said, I watched a lot of movies over this like Sunday and Monday. I watched that new movie Bottoms. If anyone's listening, I recommend that movie. It was bizarre but very funny. Um, I watched Shiva Baby, that was good. Um, I watched this movie Fallen Angels, didn't love it. It's kind of like it's kind of like wannabe, like intellectual, like foreign film, but it's like a Hong Kong kind of like hitman movie at the same time. It's it's not awful, but I, I didn't love it. Um, sounds good. It sounds actually good. <laughs> it's the uh, the concept of it sounds. I started watching it and I was kind of like, this movie is kind of awesome. But then like, I was just like, I actually didn't like this movie that much. It wasn't bad. Yeah. I gave it like a seventy. It wasn't bad, but it really was kind of like, eh. Um, but people love it. Vicky Cristina Barcelona though stole the weekend. Yeah. Um, uh, it was it was a Monday night watch, and I was like, to alone, what am I firing up right now? And he. He from half court, he he threw Vicky Cristina Barcelona my way, and my eyes were open forever. So well, shout out that movie. We, we were coming off the heels of, match of the point. match point episode, yeah. and I was like, 
And I kind of had forgotten about that movie, Vicky Cristina Barcelona. I liked it more than Matchpoint. I, I oh, want to really? say that. Wow. I liked it wow. a lot. I, I liked it. I, I gave it a very high review in my, of course, my my empirical reviewing metrics. Um, what give? What'd you give Gattaca? Or you don't score rewatches? I gave it almost cinema, but um, I don't rescore it with a number. Uh-huh. I didn't like I didn't love the visual style of the movie like at all. And there's no there's the, I, I didn't think there are any iconic shots in the movie. The only one like that could have a like a say for the iconic shot maybe is the end when they go up to space. But it's not like it's just like them going up to space. It's a cool moment, but it didn't really do it for me so much. Sh- I'm going to shout out Shiva Baby also. Very weird movie, but I, I'm it was I want to watch it. I, I think you should watch that. Um, yeah, I want to watch it. I think now it's time to move on to what we got next and to wrap up, you know, we went nice, nice amount of time. So next week we got Avengement excited to watch that. I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. Um, then we have Shakespeare in love, then Porco Rosso. And then the one after that, I don't know if I announced this to Pentecostal alone, but so I guess I'm making an executive decision here, but keeping the faith will follow yes. Porco Rosso. Yes. Um, I know that's a very important movie to Pinnacleson alone. I'm yes, excited to finally really watch it. And um, alone, yeah. have you seen Avengement? No, I don't think so. No, so he definitely has. It's, it's on you, Netflix. I need, so. I, need, I need you to go in blind. Just yeah, don't, don't read don't anything. Look I haven't. Just watch it. I need you to go in totally blind. Okay. I haven't I, read. I haven't watched the trailer. Okay, good. Okay, that's good. what I need. So that's what we got coming up on the horizon. As always, rate, subscribe, like follow on instagram and twitter please 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 i pretty please beg you um please um we have the dankest of memes of course um other than that i think that's all we got for today so as always um the off screen on film team my brother pinchas our friend dear friend alone myself um Until next time, uh, off screen on film.